Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Here we are at episode, I'm not even counting anymore because I can't count that high, from 1600 Buckslayer Place. Hey, we are at the Buckatorium. I almost forgot where we are. We are in Sherrard, <laughs> Illinois. Uh, I think it's because it's so hot in here. There is no AC. In the studio. Welcome, guys. It's like yeah. 112 degrees in We're here. We're here, just a bunch of sweaty dudes in one room. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> not even a room, it's a closet. I, you know, it is what it is, but uh, uh, we've got a fantastic show lined up for you, and I sound real radio hosty because uh, yeah. I've been listening to the radio, so I learned how to punctuate words. Some Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh I just want to get right into it because uh, we need to hammer through this episode because it. it is so hot in here. Dive right in. And the problem is, is I wore my Adidas track suit, and so did all of us. Uh, guess who we have on the other line today? Tell me, Steve. I'll, t- I'll give you a hint. He's a he's a native of Spearfish, North Dakota. South Dakota. South Dakota. What's the difference? <laughs> uh, north, south, east, west. There's no <laughs> difference between the Dakotas. Well, he probably well let's, uh, let's ask him. Let's ask him. Hey, Nick Munt. Hey. Hey. So there's no difference between North and South Dakota, right? Uh, Yeah, there's a big difference. <laughs> He's already over Ew. this podcast. Yeah, He's like, like, yeah, all right, I'm done with all this. All right, well, it was nice. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm Click. Now I know why I didn't graduate third grade. All right. <laughs> we, screwed, we screwed that up. That's fine. What's going on? Thanks for being on the show, buddy. Hey, no sweat, man. Everything's good. Just chilling, you know. Yeah, right. I feel you. I feel you, Dad. He's he's chilling. Are you are you rocking the tracksuit right now? Yeah, I am. Uh, emerald green, and I got a I got a pair of size eighteen green Adidas on too. <laughs> really? You got the shell toes rocking? <laughs> oh yeah, they're bad. <laughs> My man. I I actually believe him. I I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doubting it. Uh, it's we, true. It's true. We are super happy to have you on the uh, on the podcast. Uh, where are you calling in from? Are you are you at home? I'm actually at my cabin in Georgia. Um, spend spend a little bit of the summer down here. Uh, we film a lot of our episodes down here. We've got our video offices down here in Georgia, and our business office actually is in Illinois, not far from you guys. But I spend a lot of time down here in the summer and in the late winter. The rest of the year, I'm in South Dakota at my home there, so just so kind of relaxing. Awesome. So you go where it's hotter in the summer, and you go where it's colder in the winter. Is that am I am I hearing <laughs> that correctly? Yeah, you know, you, where I'm from, there's a bunch of snowbirds. They all leave for the winter, and they go where it's warm. But I like to come down here when it's hot in the summer, and then I go back up there for the snow sports in the winter. Oh, there you go. You like wow. your alone time. Everyone's gone when you get back home. <laughs> You're like, this is kind of nice. Yeah, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of water where I'm from in the Black Hills. You know, there's a few lakes and stuff, but. Down here, I got a nice lake I I can hang out on, and then in the winter I can go out and snowboard and ski and all awesome. that kind of cool stuff. Snowmobile, so right on. 
Heck well, yeah. so, well, so for our uh, uh, listeners at their homes in various places, too, because we are a podcast, you can find us anywhere. It's yeah. kind of the beauty of it. Uh, <laughs> Nick, uh, why don't you uh, tell our listeners who you are? If they don't already know, they shouldn't be listening to this uh, podcast, but go ahead and tell them anyway. Well, uh, I'm Nick Munt. I'm a co-host of uh, Michael Waddell's Bone Collector on the Outdoor Channel, and I'm also the co-host of Real Tree Road Trips on the Outdoor Channel. Both my co-hosts are Michael Waddell and Travis T-Bone Turner. And um, our show airs Sunday nights. Both shows air Sunday night. And um, fun stuff, man. We just have a lot of fun. Don't take ourselves too seriously. <laughs> Although we, lo- we like to uh, put holes in animals and leave good blood trails. You know, we, other than that, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We just have a lot of fun and love living the outdoor lifestyle. That's awesome. Well, well there you go. So, so being the... Uh, self-proclaimed most handsome uh, co-host on both those shows. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> self-proclaimed. You put that you're on thinking, him. I'm you're just, thinking of somebody else. No, no. I just I've been reading your tweets. I just picked that up. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh no, that was a retweet. <laughs> oh man, that, that was a retweet. I love how you throw that, that on him. So long, it was so long. I couldn't respond, so I just could retweet. You're you know? just like, yeah. That's true. It's like a like <laughs> on Facebook, yeah. Yeah, it is. I'll just like in, eight, in eight years of doing this, I've only had that tweet once, so I had to read it. <laughs> well, there you go, man. It's going to happen a lot more after this podcast. Yeah, good lord, you, you shouldn't even you shouldn't even fed the animals here because now that you responded to us, yeah, you, you'll end up blocking us, I'm sure. Yeah, I usually get I usually get stuff like uh, it was great meeting you in hunting camp. Thanks for breaking my camera, you prick. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Nick, real quick, I want to get this out of the way. Oh, I, here we go. I know what you're going to Because I have about. a bone to pick with you, kind of. <laughs> this is Kurt talking, by the way, so you can oh, get God. this down. Here we go. Uh-oh. At the ATA show in Nashville, um, I was there with my girlfriend, and we were talking to you guys. And my girlfriend really likes you after you after that day. And uh, I don't know, you were giving her some hug. I don't know, I talked about this with the podcast with T-Bone. <laughs> And I always joke around. I'm, I'm exaggerating. You always joke around about this, too. Yeah. I'm like, man, Nick Munt was hitting on my girlfriend. Awesome. You were, like, giving her hugs. And every time we'd walk by you, I, I could see you, like, wink at us. And she would, like, smile and get all giddy. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to leave my girlfriend here so Nick Munt can pick her up. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I, got, all I have to say is that I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> every, every time. I can't help- I can't help it. Your girlfriend was hitting on me. No. <laughs> Every time. Turned, yeah. yeah, I'm like, God, oh, man, my own podcast just went downhill on me. Yeah. Every time we see you on TV, she's like, Nick Munt gave me a hug. I'm like, you know what, Sam? It's over, all right? It's over. Go be with Nick Munt. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, she's walking around the ATA show with a guy who's playing AAA ball, and here's Sammy Sosa winking at her. You know, just... that's exactly what happened. You are the Sammy Sosa of the uh, bow hunting uh, world, so there you go. <laughs> I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that. No, I was, hey, I trust me. I didn't mean any disrespect if you took it that way. I'm just a no. friendly guy, and your girlfriend looked really nice and soft, so I wanted to give her. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no re- real offense taken. I just think it's funny to tell people that. So, <laughs> actually, the opposite. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm more proud of it than anything. Okay, good. <laughs> I just hope I didn't have any red paint on my hands. <laughs> oh man! Well, hey, what, what kind of jeans are those? <laughs> <laughs> well, now that that's out of the way, I had to just mention that at least once. Um, so tell us about getting on the cover of uh, the new Monster Bucks DVD. Oh man, yeah, just uh, just one of my one of my goals. You know, I, I've just been such a big fan of Realtree and, and, you know, member of the team now for about 16 years. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, was just one of my goals to get on the cover. And although it's not volume one, you know, that's usually reserved for Bill and Michael and David and, and uh, Tyler and, uh, maybe Lee Likoski. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just really, you know, I'm a huge fan. Not only do I work for Realtree, but I'm just a huge fan and, I just feel so blessed to get to work with those guys. And, um, you know, they're really the ones, you know, other than 7J Outfitters in Wyoming where I really got my start. You know, Realtree, they're the ones that, that gave me an opportunity to uh, do what I'm doing here today. And it's just a really, you know, 
huge honor, all BS aside. I mean, it's just a huge honor for me to even be considered to be on the video, let alone, um, you know, to, to make the cover. So I just am really proud of that. And, and I hope I can do it again sometime. It's really tough killing those big deer, especially when you hunt like we do, going from place to place. You hit, hunt five or six days here and then five or six days there. So, you know, we really don't we really don't get an opportunity to hunt a single deer for 20, 30, 40 days or 50 days or a whole season. Um, we, we've got 33 original shows that we produce, um, 20, 24 bone collector minimum, and then another 13 for road trips. So we've got to travel a lot and get it done. And to be able to shoot a deer like that on a five or six day, I think that, I think that hunt was actually seven or eight days, just, uh, just a real honor. And, and I can't thank everybody at real tree, all the guys behind the scenes, um, the camera guys, the producers, even the people in the marketing department have just such a great, done a great job. And when, it, when people say team Realtree, it is, it is really a team. It's, it's the best in the business and one of the most successful companies in the industry. So I'm just proud to be a part. And it's, 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 you know, you had your lifelong goal and, and you finally accomplished it. And, you know, now you're talking to four sweaty dudes in Sherrard. I mean, you know, you went from your career high to your career low. Uh, how does that feel? <laughs> well, it feels pretty dang good. <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, it took me, it took me over 15 years, um, you know, to get to where I was actually able to be the one pulling the trigger. And all along, that's what I wanted. I mean, I, I'm really not driven by finding autographs or, or getting my pictures taken with people or, or even, uh, you know, making a ton of money for me, it's the hunting. And mm-hmm. when right. I grew up, you know, when I grew up, I just, I just love to be outside and, you know, we didn't have video games back then. So I was catching frogs and snakes and turtles and up to, you know, my nipples and mud and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I wanted to be a veterinarian, but my brain is just a little bit too small. So the, the thing for me was to be able to get close and touch animals like a vet could do. I had to kill them. And, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. I was awesome. wanting to be a doctor, but I couldn't do good. that schooling. So I just became a coroner. I yeah, was yeah, schooling, but hey. <laughs> so, you know, it's just been, it's just been an awesome ride. And, and I just, uh, you know, I'm, I, I really am, am blessed, and I, I thank the good Lord every day when I get out of bed that I'm able to do this, and I hope that it lasts. And, you know, people say, man, you're so lucky you get to do this for a living, and, and I don't ever argue, because I really am. I mean, I don't feel like I'm entitled to this job, or I don't feel like uh, just because I put in the time I have this coming to me. I mean, I know it could all be taken away tomorrow, or, you know, maybe our fans will drop off tomorrow and i won't get to do this so i I mean i really do feel blessed and you can you can say that's a line of bs but i'll tell you what it's just to be able to do what i want to do and live my life the way i want to live it um there's just nothing more valuable than that to me well you can you can definitely tell you're you're thankful obviously but you're the good thing well the fun thing about watching you is you're good on camera to some people's girlfriends, you might be really good looking. <laughs> and you're, yeah, that, but that doesn't drive him. You're a good hunter. Well. You're, obviously, you're a good hunter. But, dude, in my opinion, Passion. you are the most entertaining person to watch on outdoor television. If it's behind the scenes, like hunting camp stuff, I'm laughing. I'm watching. I'm entertained. The beatboxing cracks me up. That's man. awesome. Like everything about that, just what you got going on, you got like the perfect mixture, in my opinion, of just you're good to watch during the hunt. You're funny. The your comments, your jokes are all hilarious. And you look just like you're a riot to hang out with. And Always having a good time. Well, I appreciate that. And I do. I mean, I always my motto is if you if you can't have a good time, it's not my problem because I'm having fun. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, try to tell it to my girlfriend. Yeah, see how well that works out. <laughs> but you know, I I come from a, I come from a, a really fun family. Um, my mom and dad both have a tremendous sense of humor. I have three brothers. Eric is my older brother. He's funny as all rip, and his and his buddies when I was growing up, they were funny. And my younger brother Zach, um, he was a freshman when I was a senior in high school. He's a riot. And my youngest brother Luke, who is about eight years younger than me, he's He's funnier than heck, too. So I just grew up in a fun family. And no matter where we're at, if we're all together or, or you know, if we're all single, other places, we're all laughing, having a good time. And if it's not fun, we don't go. So 
it just comes easy for me. I don't know. I guess I got the gift of gab. I'm a barber by trade, so that worked that, that worked out pretty good for me because I could I could pretty much BS with anybody, and if I'd have a guy that would come in that really wouldn't want to talk, all I got to do is kind of poke and prod around until I found something that he was interested in, and we had something to talk about. So that is that is I don't know. Are you still cutting hair? Yeah, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. My best friend's about to go to barber school. He doesn't hunt, but he's about to go to barber school in Columbus, Ohio. And I want to see, if I'm in a hunting camp with you, are you going to be able to give me, like, a good clean skin fade? Or Oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm good, man. I can, <laughs> Dude, could you give him the 12 can, steps? All lined I can out. do it all. I can give you a flat top. I can fade it, whatever you want. And tell your buddy he's making a good move because there's there's nothing better. It's warm in the winter. It's shady in the summer in the barbershop. Um, you know, you get a lot of perks from it. You meet everybody in town, and if you need something, they're there. It's a, it's a great career. Um, and, and the best thing about it is if you are a hunter, you get Sundays and Mondays off. Mondays, everybody's at work, so you get the woods to yourself. Sundays is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a really great career. A lot of cash involved. And, and uh, you know, if you can get two or three guys working under you, that's even better because they're making money for you. So it's, just, it's a great career. But just you always got to remember, though, if you have a barber shop, just make sure that two best friends – aren't in there at the same time because one of them's going to get super kicked through a window. <laughs> I don't Nick understand Munt, Nick that Munt, one. do you get that reference? And another thing I want to tell you to tell your buddy is make sure he stops at the neck. No back shaves or anything like that. <laughs> oh, yeah. You sound like you know that from experience. <laughs> no, Nick, Nick, did, you, did you get the awful reference that I just made? No, I missed it. Say it again. Oh, no, it was a pro wrestling reference. You know, It was a Brutus the Barber beefcake. <laughs> Reference. Nick, I just want to let you know every <laughs> podcast episode, Steve makes a wrestling reference and leaves our guests completely lost, and they get so close to hanging up the phone on us. And I look Somebody at Steve. Somebody had to have got it. After every well, episode, I, I, I look at Steve. I'm like, shut up with the wrestling references, Steve. I get it. I get it, man. I was a huge wrestling nut back oh, in the late man. 80s. Here we okay, go. So you remember when, yeah, when oh, Shawn yeah. Michaels kicked Marty Jannetty through the window, Shawn Michaels has a hunting show. Have you know, it's all met? related. Have you I ever see, met yeah, Stone Cold Steve? Shawn Michaels is a, <laughs> Shawn Michaels is a good friend of mine, but he's a little he's a little bit past the time I used to watch. I, I got I lost a little bit bit of interest when he was coming in, so I was a little more of the Hulk Hogan, Brutus the Barber, Beefcake, um, you know Andre the Giant, um, <laughs> Jake the Snake, Roberts, you know those kind of guys, legends, legends. I hear uh, uh, there, uh, and this is this is kind of cool for you, but. Um, Ravishing Rick Rude used to hunt quite a bit, and he uh, he hunted down in Georgia actually. Um, quite a, quite a bit. I, I don't. That's just kind of cool to me that you know well, you see these guys. That... That's where steroids were invented. Of course he did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man, uh, Nick, we want to talk to you a little bit, and this might be a question you get asked quite a bit. Um, when you were a guide, can you tell us a little? How did you get involved with that whole situation and? What, where did, when did that take place, and how did that lead into well, kind of your next step in your outdoor career? Yeah, I was I was working at the barbershop in my hometown, and uh, some buddies of mine owned a, owned a fishing operation in Alaska. So I quit I quit my job at the barbershop, and I told the guy I was working for that I was headed to I was going to Alaska to work on this fishing boat. He didn't really want me to go because um, it was a really busy shop, and it kind of left him shorthanded but i just decided it it's just what i had to do so i went up there and worked the summer and when i got back uh there was a lady that was just across the state line in sundance wyoming and she had a a little shop over there she kind of wanted me to come over there and just kind of help her get some clients and and help her out a little she was getting ready to have a baby and so i went over there and i helped her a little bit well her husband ended up being um an outfitter and so I showed him a bunch of my pictures and video of stuff that I was killing, and he said, man, you need to, you know, help me guide. And and uh, there's a guy across the street over here, Jeff Smith. He's an outfitter, too, and we work together. Um, he said, I do the stuff in Montana, and he does stuff in Wyoming. And um, So I met Jeff Smith, and uh, I just went to work for him guiding, and, and I guided at 7J for, oh, I don't know, five or six years full-time um, in the fall and in the spring. And then, uh, when I met David Blanton in, I think 1998, uh, then I just kind of, I worked one more, one more year for, for seven J outfitters. And, uh, in 2000, 
99, I believe it was, I went to work with uh, the guys at Realtree. And I still had some time off because I was a freelance all those years for Realtree. And I would go back and guide with Jeff at 7J. And then I guided the other guy's name was Craig Huter. And he was an outfitter in Montana. And I guided for him in Montana. And uh, Jeff Jeff um, had this stuff in Wyoming. And um, that's just kind of how it got all got started. And then I fished for several years in Alaska after that in the summers for sockeye salmon. Uh, we had a gill netting operation up there and um, just got into it that way and, and uh, started hunting really hard, you know, trophy hunting in probably the mid-90s. And, you know, I was a big fan of everybody at Realtree and Mark and, Mark and Terry Drury with their video series, you know, and that was the first time I was starting to see people kill really big deer on video. And um, part of that was uh, Don Kiske, who I've always been a big fan of, who's a great friend of mine. Somebody that guy seems like really, a whitetail genius to me. Just yeah, he's somebody I really looked up to as a whitetail hunter. You know, he uh, he's a, a an incredible land manager. Um, he's really into deer behavior, and and um, he gets it done. I mean, there's just no doubt about about that. I mean, he's one of the best in the business. And mm-hmm. same with Lakoski. You know, Lakoski I think learned a lot from Don Kiske, and uh, has has gone on himself to be a tremendous deer manager, deer killer, and yeah, uh, just a just a um, details oriented guy you know he's an engineer and those engineers are very details oriented and i've met a lot of really great people in this business through my first initial connections you know with 7j and Mm -hmm. and and realtree and those are those are connections that i still have today and friendships another guy that i want to mention is bill winky bill has a midwest whitetail bill got his start as a writer in the industry and and uh, moved his way up through and is really one of the smartest people that I know. Another engineer that's very details oriented. Everything he touch touches turns to gold because yeah. he thinks everything through. And yeah, I'm a big fan of Bill Winky. Yeah, he's a he's a not only a, a great hunter but a tremendous man, a, a great father and, and family guy, and a and a really strong Christian. And and uh, he's the type of guy that puts his money where his mouth is he's not full of baloney and mm-hmm. and when when bill wiki tells mm-hmm. you something you listen because he's a really really smart guy i've got the privilege to actually meet him a couple of times at the uh iowa deer classic in uh des moines um, yeah great guy super 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 tremendous human being i mean he's the kind of guy you want on your team whether it's uh helping you pick up gumballs or or planning your next business trip. <laughs> I uh I I get his uh emails. <laughs> I get his emails during hunting season that basically kind of cuz he's in the Midwest, he's in Iowa, we're in Illinois. Eric on the podcast is from Iowa. So it's all basically local. So he'll send out his emails and about kind of what's going on in his area and I'll kind of base my hunting off of his emails because I know he's the man and he's close enough to where that's kind of relative to where I'm at. He, he is the man, and I'll tell you how, how you can tell. Um, you know, several years ago, he had just gotten a show on the, the Sportsman's Channel. You know, he didn't want to do a TV show. He wanted to keep his show web-based. Mm-hmm. And the people from Sportsman's came to him, and they said, hey, we want to put your show on Sportsman's Channel. He said, well, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, roundabout way, his very first season, he wasn't nominated for any awards. And so just through just through people writing in as a write-in nominee, Bill Winkie won an award on the Sportsman's Channel. <laughs> and that was only because people wrote in. There, there's no other reason he wasn't nominated. He just had such a strong following, and people believed in Bill and what he's done that, you know, they they wrote in, and, and he was he got one of the awards. I don't know if it was Best New Show or Best Deer Hunting, one of, the, one of those shows, but that just tells you what kind of guy he is and what he's accomplished sure. in the hunting sure. industry, you know? Well, when you meet the guy, you just you feel his intelligence. Like when he talks about whitetails, you just you're a sponge. You don't talk; just sit there and absorb it all. Get take in what yeah. you can. And one of my buddies actually worked for him real briefly. I don't know; he had to move because his wife was going to college. Chris Smith. Yep. He were I, I don't he oh, yeah. filmed for Bill Winky or something, but uh, yeah, that's yeah, super super guy, super guy. But but those are just some of the relationships that I've made in the industry and. When I got my start at 7J, like I was saying, I, I, I was really watching these videos when they first started coming out. and um, Some of those guys that I watched back in the day and, and I guess got my inspiration from are guys that are really good friends of mine now. And I just, uh, I don't think you could put me in the same category as a Likoski or a Kiski or the Drury's, but, you know, those guys are good, 
few dear friends of mine and, and um, just really enjoy their input and, and uh, you know, what they've accomplished as deer hunters. It's pretty dang cool. Yeah, for sure. So you ever think about moving to the Midwest and saying, hey, I'm going to stake down some of this Midwest property and make my make my name as a Midwest whitetail hunter a primary, you know? You know, I mean, I'm from South Dakota, and I really consider myself a Westerner more than a Midwesterner yeah. because, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm at, we've got elk and mule deer, mountain goats, mountain lions, um, bighorn sheep, you know, right there in the Black Hills of where I'm from. But I, I stay away from home about 300 days out of the year, so I really can't say I'm anywhere. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, that's true. But I do love the Midwest, and, and I spend pretty much most of my year there. You know, I'll do a couple yeah. of elk hunts in, in September, moose hunts or sheep hunt, and uh, maybe a little bit later in the year hit Texas and Mexico. But I pretty much spend most of my time in the Midwest, so I've gotten to know it really well. Last year <laughs> I left my house on August 23rd, and I came home basically right after Christmas, and I slept in my own bed in between that time four nights. So. Oh, um, man. Um, so I hunted hard. I I had a really good year last year, and and so I spent a lot of time in the Midwest. So how do you get real homesick when you're gone for that long? Or are you just kind? Of, I mean, I know you're having a good time and you're busy, but do you ever like when you lay down at bed at night and you're at hunting camp in Illinois or wherever you happen to be? Are, <laughs> Illinois, are, I like that. I, I gotta have to throw out like Illinois. That. Are you are you kind of like man? I wish I could just be home for a week. You know what I mean? Never, never. Okay, never. Really? But I'm but I'm 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 single, guys. I don't have a. I don't have a, a lady that I can cuddle up to. Well, I'm getting close now. I got one now that I do, but um, up <laughs> till this hold point. On, hold on, yeah, better be hold careful. On, hold on. Up, Let's backtrack. Up back till track. this point, I haven't. And so, you know, <laughs> if you don't have anything to come home to, you don't really miss it too much. It was funny because last fall, Waddell and I were hunting, and I had already been gone for about a month and a half, and we were together somewhere. And, and I say, well, I'm heading here next. He said, dude, don't you just want to go home and, and be at home? And I said, well, what for? I said, it's hunting season. All I'm going to do is get home and want to be somewhere. So I'm going somewhere. You know, well, that's a good I don't point. have any kids. You've got four kids at home and a beautiful wife. And I'm, I sit at home and, you know, watch TV. So I'm, I'm going hunting. Eat Cheetos. Well, hold on. When, when you said, yeah, when you said, I'm, I'm not going to let this go. Cause you said I'm single guys. This is Steve, but I'm real Steve. close. I've got one now. Explain to what, do, do you have, do you have a, apple in your eye right now yeah i'm dating a girl she's a real nice girl um okay so you you just mean you're not married this is a working class owner podcast where steve digs into your personal life hey i'm just asking (laughs) no no i'm not i'm not married i do have a girlfriend at the moment um and it's going well so well that's good for you steve we'll move on to another topic i might take a few breaks i might take a few breaks this season we'll just say that (laughs) Okay, well, that's a big deal for you to even mention that. So good yeah. for her. I mean, you know, but she's not my girlfriend. Yeah. Well, I didn't say that yet. <laughs> yeah. You never know this year at ATA. Because we, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we we had, sorry, we had a T bone on, and uh, yeah, he was he was just saying, you know, about how how busy you guys are, and he mentioned it earlier. Um, and we asked the we asked him the question, and I and I kind of want to ask you that same question too. Uh, we asked him, you know, when was the last time that he actually hunted without a cameraman. camera cameraman there or just somebody there? Like, do you ever get that opportunity anymore to just go out in the woods by yourself or not? Not really. Not or do you really. even and want to? And I don't. Yeah, and I don't. Even, I don't even enjoy that to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy spending time with somebody up there. Once you, you know, for. I guess the better part of 20 years I've hunted with somebody. When I was a guide, you know, I was helping guys get their deer. When I was a camera guy, I was over somebody's shoulder. And now, you know, as uh, the trigger man, I, I have someone behind me. And I really enjoy that. You know, it's a team effort. When uh, when you're by yourself and you shoot something, yeah, it's an accomplishment. It's great. But it's really nice to be able to turn and high-five that guy that's with you because you got it done together. And, well, you get to share that deep experience with someone. Yeah. yeah, and everybody that I hunt with, literally, all all the camera guys I hunt with now, we put our heads together, and it's not just my idea. You know, it's not just what I want to do all the time. It's we put our heads together, and you know, sometimes I'll override what guys want to do, but usually, you know, it's a it's a it's a conscious effort between two people to get the yeah. job done, and that's really rewarding for me. And just to be able to get a picture with 
with the animal that we've killed and, and uh, put that in my scrapbook with me and the camera guy. And not only that, but to be able to show everybody that wants to see it, what mm-hmm. actually happened on that hunt, that's cool to me. And when I'm out there without a camera, I just I feel naked, and I don't, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Two years ago, two falls ago, um, I shot a big buck in uh, Nebraska, and then I ran up to South Dakota to a buddy of mine's ranch, and I went and got into the tree stand. I didn't have a camera guy with me, but I only had about two days, so I said, oh, I'm just going to give it a try it. Very first night, I squeaked in a coyote, shot him right underneath my stand. And the next morning, I went out and I was grunting at about a 135-inch eight-pointer. And this huge old buck that I'd been seeing, he's like a seven- or eight-year-old deer, came in from behind me and came right underneath my stand and was snort-wheezing and, and grunting at this other deer that was a little further away. And I smoked him and he ran about 20 yards and died. And I was just so, I mean, I was happy that I got it, but I, I was so disappointed because it was such a good hunt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could have videoed it myself if I would have put up a, a, a camera, you know. But I just really enjoy spending time with somebody up there. It's really cool. And last year I got to, uh, I'm getting a little long-winded here, I know. But no, you're good. Last, oh, year, right. last year I drew a, I drew a, uh, a sheep tag in um, Idaho. And this is, this is a little bit, I think this is a little bit controversial because I, I believe we ought to be able to, to film hunts in the National Forest. And, and uh, I wasn't able to get a permit to film in this wilderness area really in, uh, in idaho i didn't know that was and i just think it's a it's just an injustice i think you know you can you Ooh. can ride horseback in there people can take rafting trips you can take a group of 75 people in and have a party if you want to you can photograph um there's all kinds of stuff you can do in a, in a wilderness area but you can't film a hunting show in a wilderness area wow i didn't even know that was a thing right. the government's gonna it, make money why aren't they doing it and it may and it and it may be only in those wilderness areas in idaho i'm not sure um i believe you can do it in wyoming with the right permits but mm-hmm. to me it was just a it's just sad i mean it was a really a good chance for for us to promote the natural resources of idaho yeah exactly. um our national parks and our um wilderness areas as well as our national forests and um i just thought it was really sad we had a heck of a hunt um it took me once from the time i spotted the ram till the time i killed him it took me four days to get to it wow and i slept three nights on the mountain snowed on us i mean it was a grueling hunt the toughest hunt of my life and i shot a really beautiful ten and a half year old ram and uh it was just a a time that I didn't get that kill on video. I videoed everything else kind of by myself, you know, with my, with my phone or with a little camera that I had, mm-hmm. just a little hand, just a little snap uh, point and shoot camera. But it just was really, you know, it was one of my greatest accomplishments, but also one of my saddest times because I wasn't able to share that kill with the people that I care about the most, which is really my family and friends. And yeah. to not be able to sh- share that kill with everybody was pretty saddening, really. And, yeah, that's a shame. It's something I think, yeah, I think it's, I know there's some guys in Washington, you know, we have lobbyists in Washington that are fighting for our rights, and that's something that they're working on. You know, when you when you uh, enter into a conservation group, whether it be National Wild Turkey Federation, the Mule Deer Foundation, the Elk Foundation, um, Whitetails, uh, Pheasants Forever, Ducks Unlimited, you know, there's a hundred of them. When you enter into one of those conservation groups, your money goes towards um lobbyists that fight for our rights in Washington. Mm-hmm. And without these groups and without these lobbyists, I mean, quite frankly, this stuff's gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. very true. So I'm a measure really, for the Pope and really, Club, actually. Really, really important for people to know that, yeah, it costs you a little bit of money, but to be a member of a conservation group is very key in the success in the future of hunting. And it's just, there's no doubt about it. These guys are there. They're young attorneys. They're every day they're in Washington bumping elbows with our congressmen, mm-hmm. our senators, and they're doing good things for people that want to live the outdoor lifestyle and hunt. And, and it's just it's just really important. It's it, it it's it, it is a sad thing that you know, I mean it's it's great that there are these uh, large amount of groups, but there shouldn't have to be this amount of groups. I mean you know we should be able to hunt, harvest, and do all these things. I mean we shouldn't have to have. You know, things like, yeah, you know, like you said, Ducks Unlimited. I mean, it should just. It's all important, I, I, but I, I, I get, I get what important. you're getting at here. Yeah, but but we shouldn't have to. So now the problem is with all these groups, they have to fight these single battles. You know, and and, and as, as hunters, 
you always want to support everything that you can. Well, it's it's like uh, hunting's been around a lot longer than baseball, but we don't have to fight to play baseball, you know. Uh, well, it's it just gets so shady, man. People who don't hunt and they just don't understand it. They don't, they don't, they get, don't it. get it. There's people that well, live in the I, city that don't have to even think about it. You know, pu- public lands public lands are owned by the people of the United States of America, mm-hmm. and I do I do agree with having a permit system in place if you want to make money in the forest, whether it's a TV sure. show, cutting timber, cutting Christmas trees, or, or gathering firewood. Mm-hmm. Um, but to keep people out of wilderness areas, as long as you follow the rules, you can't have any gas-powered um, engines. You know, fires are, are um, only to be in certain places. Mm-hmm. Things like that. I mean, as long as you're following the rules, those are our forests. Yeah. And they allow hunting in them. So why should why should we not be able to go in, film our hunt, and promote the wildlife resources and the 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 government that runs those? I mean, we should be able to promote that and let people see the beauty of for sure of the Frank Church Wilderness. Well, it's you just know? There's, there's a lot of people that'll never see it because they won't go there because it's too rugged to get in and out of. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, with your film, like what you said, you're showing it off. I mean, yeah. there's people who don't even think about it. Oh, and then you see it on TV. You're like, oh, man. And you, I don't know. You could just... The it's, cameras yeah. promote the conservation, and it's people, what you're doing for the wildlife, all of it. People will want to go there. I mean, it's 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 free money for the government. It, you give them a tag, they get money, and then somebody sees that and says, I want to go shoot... I, I want to go shoot a big animal, and I want to go here. I want to give you my money, but I never would have known about this unless I'd seen it on video. Yeah, and it's and 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 not to you know, it's not even it doesn't even have to be money driven. It just has to do with the people of the United States of America have land that they can access. They can hunt mm-hmm. it. They can camp in it. They can ride horseback in it, and it's there for us. But why not promote? People getting out of out of their homes, getting away from the television, get your kids away from the video games, and get them out in the wilderness. I mean, there's nothing sure. better. Exactly. It's just for sure. It's like free advertisement. You know, they they see what that park's like. Yep. And they're not yeah. even there. And yep. And it, it, I mean, it's you know, it's just it, a healthy it, lifestyle, man. Really, is what it boils down to. All in and all, in all, really, it is. It, it really is. And and I want to kind of break down. Uh, you know, you look at the public land that's in Illinois versus Iowa. If you look at Illinois. You know, where we are, you look, the nearest public land's going to be probably a 25-minute drive, a 15. Loud, is Loud Thunder considered public land? It's considered public. Yeah, but you have, but to, you draw have to draw, draw for it. it. Yep. In Iowa, because I lived there for a year, I could drive six miles anyway, and I could always find a parcel here, you know, 1,500 acres, 45 minutes away. There is public ground everywhere in there's Iowa. There is public ground Wisconsin, too. There's a lot of public land in Wisconsin. And, I mean, you know... You look at things like that, it's like, you know, it's like like you said, the people of the United States of America own this land. And some of this land is the greatest land that you can hunt, and people take care of it when they get it, you know? Yeah, dang right, dang right. South Dakota, where I grew up, is the Black Hills National Forest. And it's a million acres of public ground. That's where I grew up hunting. I mean, we hunted the forest. It's a, it's a huge pine forest that's... 150 miles long and 60, 70 miles wide, and it's just a haven for animals, and it's all public. Anybody can hunt it. You can camp in it. You can't start fires anywhere, but it's just a great resource. There's great hunting. There's elk. There's white tails. There's mule deer. There's turkeys galore. It's just a great place. And see, and that presents um, a big opportunity for us in Illinois if we want to experience a western type hunt to go out there and you know do our non-resident tags and hunt that public land because that's right and. And as far as archery goes, you know, anybody in South Dakota can get a tag, an archery tag. Um, rifle hunts are, are lottery basis. But, um, you know, I think a lot of the states that have the best hunting are on a lottery system. You know, you take Iowa. Mm-hmm. Um, if they allowed every non-resident that wanted to come there and hunt, they wouldn't have anything here. <laughs> yep. And yeah, so, sure. you know, That's and so, so Iowa's Division of Wildlife has done an amazing job at, at managing their herd there. And, you know, it's a destination, and not everybody yep. can go there. If you're a resident, you can. And uh, the non-residents, they got to wait because when they do get their turn, it's 
going to, you know, you're going to have a good hunt, and they do a tremendous job. That's why I like living in Iowa. So yeah, that I, I mean, love it. When I moved from when I moved from Iowa to Illinois, <laughs> I just like totally got out of hunting because in Illinois, there's there's really no nowhere to public hunt. And you well, and you're talking pop- about huge, a huge population difference too. Yeah, right. yeah. You know, going from going from Iowa to to Illinois, and, and same with South Dakota. You know, there's more people in in Chicago than there is in North South Dakota, Nebraska, Kansas, Montana, and Wyoming put together. Yeah, right. that's very true. So you know, for me, for me being in a place that you know doesn't have a lot of people, and and you don't have people stepping on you, that's the place I want to be. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to live in a in a place where I can't. I can't go and hunt, and, and that doesn't mean it's a bad place. Everybody has, you know, their own opinion of where they want to be. But for sure, there's a lot of states. There's a lot of states that have really good public land hunting. Um, maybe you won't go and kill a 170 inch buck, but you darn sure can go shoot a nice trophy buck. And it's meat in the fridge. I mean, you know, you're well, depending on how long it takes with the freezer. But well, well, and it's fun, you know. <laughs> hunting, hunting isn't all about the kill. I'll, I'll be the first to say that. And, you hear it all the time. Oh, it's more hunting's more than just shooting an animal. Do we want to be successful? Of course we do. Do we want to put me in the freezer? Of course we do. But there's a lot to just being able to go out, turn your cell phone off, get into a tree, and watch squirrels and watch birds, and maybe see a doe or maybe see nothing. It's the it just ex- gives you peace of mind. And it's the experience. You know, it's place, yeah, it's a place where people can think and they can, you know, look back on their lives and they can plan their futures and and just gives you a chance to get a hold of yourself and, and, uh, you know, see what's out there, man. That's, that's what it's all about for me. I I love it. I get that question all the time. They're like, how can you go sit in a tree for hours on end? I'm like, it's the most peaceful thing you can ever do in your life. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I I put a router out, uh, about, you know, on this tree about 30 feet from where I'm at. So I think a Wi-Fi great. That's fine for me. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have enough patience to wait in line at McDonald's for 10 minutes for my hamburger, but I can sit in a tree stand from daylight till dark. (laughs) No, I'm the same way. What McDonald's are you going to that you're waiting 10 minutes? No, I'm the same way though. I I quit eating McDonald's, but (laughs) anyway. Well, well, if I'm in a public place, like, if I'm in a Walmart and it's crowded, I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta hurry up and get the heck out of here. Right. But it's like, what, Eric, what you were saying, I go out in the woods and like, you take that deep breath of just clean, fresh air, and you're just like, all right, this is it's where that you can cold unwind. November morning, and you're oh, just, the best. The you can best. you can you find yourself it. out you there. You can feel it. How yeah. awesome it is. And, and yeah, you don't and lo- leave. And, yeah, yeah, and look at this. You know, if you if you guys take a look, hunters are some of the most goal oriented people there are. Mm-hmm. From the time they're young, you know, it's a goal to kill a big buck. For sure. Okay, well, then then, then there's food plots. There's a goal to get that food plot in and get the grass growing and get the, you know, get the crops up and get the clover going so that the deer come in to feed so that you can get them killed. You know, they set goals to buy a new bow or, or to buy a new dozen arrows or to buy that rifle or to buy that <laughs> new rifle scope. There's so many goals that come along with hunting, and avid hunters and their families are the most goal-oriented people there are. You see guys Very that don't true. have a, you you see guys that don't have a pot to piss in. And excuse the terminology, but they it. might not they might not work a, a super expensive job. But by golly, they're going to save their money, and they're going to yeah. go to that yeah. bow shop, and they're going to have a Hoyt. Mm-hmm. They're going to buy that new Hoyt carbon carbon spider, and maybe it's a year old carbon spider that's sitting on the shelf. But they're going to save their money and they're going to buy it because they're goal oriented people. They're hunters, and that's what yep. we do. And so. Some of the most successful for? people that I know are hunters, and there's guys that have a lot of money in this world, and a lot of the a lot of the guys that do have a lot of money are big time hunters. And that's what I think too. Like people don't understand; they just say, "Oh, you go out and you try and kill a deer." I'm like, "No, it's like a year round thing for hunting." You know? Yeah, it's not it's, just it's, it's October a, it, through January. Right? It's, it's a job. You know, you're out there. Scouting deer, or putting food plots in, or putting trail cams up, finding sheds. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, it's it's a year-round thing. It's a job you may not get a paycheck for, but you put and you all enjoy your free time, every into second it. of it. Right, Nick. Actually, speaking yep. of goals, I actually created a new goal, and maybe there's people getting into this. I bought a recurve about oh, a month and a half ago, and I made myself a goal: is I'm going to kill. A deer with my recurve. It doesn't. I don't care what deer it is. I'm gonna get that deer. A, a deer with my recurve from might the have, ground. I have spots. It, no, there'll be no spots. <laughs> well, hey, 
good good luck with that. I'm sticking to pins because I don't like to miss. <laughs> <laughs> I just it's one of those things, man. It's like my bucket list as a bow hunter. Um, I'm a measurer of the Pope and Young Club, and I've always wanted to kill a, a Pope and Young buck with a recurve. One day, I want to get in the book with a recurve. But for right now, man, year and a half year old Forky comes in. He's just going to yeah, taste I, a hell of I, a lot better. <laughs> I think that's great. I think that's great. And, and uh, you know, like like I said, everybody's got their own opinions and, and what they want to do and how they want to hunt. I think that's fun. My buddy my buddy Kyle Metzger, who does a lot of camera work for me, that's really a great kid, um, he told me a couple of years ago, he said, you know what, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to start hunting more with my recurve. I just think it'd be cool to kill a deer with a recurve. And I said, well, you go ahead. I'll just, I'll get us meat and, and horns for the wall. You go ahead and try the recurve, but I'm sticking to my, <laughs> I'm sticking to my spider. Awesome. You know, yeah, it's, it's, those, it's those people who are like, you know, yeah, yeah I kind of want to buy an old Pontiac Fiero. You know, I think it would be cool to drive one. <laughs> have fun with that. <laughs> or a but mo- I'm going to drive my new Silverado. You have fun with that mid-engine car, but... I, yeah, well, it's cool. I mean, I, I, I think you know what's cool, Fiero. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, uh, Nick's gonna go. Nick's gonna go out and buy a Fiero tomorrow. <laughs> Have you driven a Fiero? You won't be hitting uh, any girls on OnStar on one of those. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some people might get that. Some people might not. If we watched a uh, hilarious video with you. I think you were heading back to South Dakota, and um, yeah, you uh, you struck up an interesting conversation with the uh, the OnStar hardworking lady. OnStar girl. <laughs> you guys want to hear something funny? That's actually my girlfriend now. Is it no, really? No not. way. I would not. No, okay, I would not. No, you're you're no. pulling our leg. If that was true, I'd be like, "You are the Mac Daddy of all Mac." Yeah, you are the I man. Get, if, if that is true, and you tell me that's true, and you can prove it, I will get a Nick Munt is awesome tattoo when I get the money for. But it will happen. Tell me that's true. If that happens, I'm no, I'm going to be calling my girlfriend every day. Like, hey, where are you at? It's not. It's not. But that was pretty funny. I had a good time with her. She was a she was a really great girl. That was funny. Um, I should still get that Nick Munt is awesome tattoo just because I believe he told us yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be a I good story to tell, that, wouldn't it? Like, Nick would, would be filing out? a restraining order because you'd be going after my ATA show. Hey, Nick, look at my tattoo. No, because how could that work out? She's like, hey, uh, I, I like the way your voice sounded, so I found your phone number off your OnStar account. <laughs> hey Nick, real quick, since you kind of mentioned your bow setup, um, can you kind of go over what you're shooting this year? Just real quick. Yeah, I'm I'm shooting. Um, well, I have the I have the new white nitrum, and it's a it's an amazing bow. And I also have the, the carbon spider, which it's a horse apiece on both of those. I mean, either one of them just they both are tack drivers, and and um, I'm uh, I'm shooting I'm shooting that new G5 the new G5 ref the C Max. Okay. And uh, it's a really great ref. It's a drop away. It's uh, limb driven. And um, just had a lot of really good luck with it. It's a it's a great rest and props to um, the limb driver. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and I'm shooting uh, I'm shooting G5 broadheads, of course. And I've killed a lot of animals with the T3. It's it's a as far as the mechanicals, it's the best in the business. If you ask me, it's all steel. How do those got, fly uh, compared to like a field point? I know there's a lot of people saying, they, yeah, our broadheads fly like a field tip. How does how would you compare it's, it? It's exact. They fly exactly like my field tips. And the thing I like about them is I can shoot my field tips. They don't, you know, I don't have to tear up my target. Um, you don't have to worry about the blades coming out and not being able to get it out of the target. Yeah. And and um, you know, actually, their their striker, um, their fixed blade, replaceable blade broadhead is super broadhead, and it flies. Almost exactly like my field points, too. But the only thing about it is if you're shooting at 50, 60, 50, 60, 70 yards, mm-hmm. uh, it'll play in a little bit in a stiff wind. So that's why As I most like most fixed blades will. The T3 um, is really good. It'll it'll stick tight and, and hold good in the wind. Um, but more than anything, it just creates a really big hole 
Um, and it shoots just like my field point. So I can shoot and shoot and shoot, and I can screw that thing on to go hunting, and I don't even have to worry about it. So Awesome. Um, well, that's, that's good advice because that might be what I buy this year because I've been looking for that field or that broadhead that flies just like a field point. I've been like yeah. going back and forth with myself, and I'm like, what am I going to shoot this year? See, because I'm the exact opposite. I want uh, I want a broadhead that does not fly like the field points that I practice with. <laughs> yeah. I, I just want to <laughs> be out there for now. That, hours that striker, that striker. If you want a fixed, if you want a fixed head, it. I mean, it really does fly just like a field point. And I've I've shot. I made my farthest shot on an elk with that at 65 with it. Wow. Um, and it's a. You know, last year we went on a hunt in Texas, and I, I shot every broadhead that they have. I shot a bunch with the Havoc. I shot them with the T3. Um, I shot them with the Striker, and I also shot them with the um, uh, the Montec. And I didn't have to change anything on my bow. I shot them all in the same week. They all shot exactly the same. Really? So, yeah, and I really, I really like their product. They're solid steel. You know, they don't have any aluminum in them. Um, the blades hold up good. They're easily replaceable, except of course for the Montec because it's a it's a single piece. Um, but they just they put out a really good product, and um, yeah, I have an endorsement with those guys, but I shoot them because I like them, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're tough for sure. The blades are all easily super easy to replace. No little screws or anything like that. They don't have an O ring or a rubber band on them. You know, everything's held in place by these clips, and they're just a really good broadhead. Well, I think I'm going to be um, getting some packs of G5. <laughs> oh, I've, I've shot at least 100 deer with them. They're they're killer. At least. But I've got a I just I just got a brand new site um, from Excel. You know, we're um, we do our releases are uh, with Trueball, and so I just had my friend Brandon um, at Trueball send me a new site, and it's the AccuTouch Carbon Pro. It's a single pin flyer site, and then it's got these um, accu clicks on it. So if things happen fast, you can feel the you can feel when you click it. So if you're at 20, all you got to do is go two clicks, and you're at 40 real quick. So you don't have to look right at it. That's pretty cool. And that's one of the things that I've really, you know, I, I wanted to switch to one of these single pins because you can dial it in so well. Mm-hmm. And so I did that, but I got into a couple of situations where. You just don't have enough time to move the pin. Uh, I don't yeah. like guessing. And that's what most people so, worry about with a single pin. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly so what I'm going this, through right now. Yeah, so with this new AccuClick system that they've got, um, it kind of it, it really has helped that because if you got your pin set on 20 and all of a sudden this deer is at 20 and he runs out to 40, all you got to do is click, click two clicks and you're ready to go. You, you, know, you, so. you, don't, you don't even have awesome. to look at it. You can just feel them two clicks. Yep. Yep, you don't even have to look at it. It's, it's really nice. That's, man, that's that awesome. is awesome. I I just I'm shooting a spot hog hogfather. I just got it last year. I love the site, but that the clicks on that uh, on the dial would be would be perfect. That for, would for a yeah. hunting situation. Yes, it'd be awesome. That would be money. Um, yeah. Uh, since we're talking setups, I know uh, Derek had a uh, a limb driven rest. Is that where you're going at? No, he was super excited about this question. He came in, and he was like, I-, I got this question. I just need to ask Nick. Let him ask it. So, is there a different setup that you use for, like, say, whitetail hunting or bear hunting or elk hunting? I know you said you have the the nitrum and the... Carbonic. Car- yeah, carbon spider. Nope. Spider. Spider. Yeah. So, are you changing, like, you know... Your arrows? Are you changing your poundage? I don't. I don't. I don't change anything. Okay. Really? I shoot everything. I shoot everything with the same arrow, same broadhead. I mean, I'm just. I, I have so much confidence in those T3s that I've shot moose, elk, bears, um, all the deer, antelope, turkeys. I shot everything with them, and and I have just a lot of confidence in my setup. And in my, you know, in the arrows that I shoot. So, um, it's just, I, I just don't switch. I just don't feel like I need to, you know? I mean, you can't ask for anything better than that, really. I mean, that's what you no, want. I, and I go from one, I go from one hunt to the next pretty much all season. So I really don't have a lot of time to be messing with different things and putting on new stuff. So my setup is a 70 pounds 
cranked all the way down, so I might get 70 of it. And, um, you know, it's really easy for me to pull back. I would suggest to anybody that if you have any trouble, you know, getting your bow back in cold situations or when your heart's beating really fast, crank that thing down because these bows, these bows are so efficient that if you have trouble with a 70 pound bow, crank it back to 60 and you're just, you're going to get the same performance. I mean, these bows these days are so nice and, and, you know, they're so well engineered that you just really don't lose that much. And, um, some guys are still shooting 85, 90 pounds. And I just don't really feel like I need that. Yeah. yeah some, we're, sure. some guys think that they need to shoot 80, 90 pounds to, I don't, I don't know. You <laughs> to know, kill a freaking squirrel. Hey, I like, right? I, I want to go to this. Nick, you got that? It's a. Uh, it was on. I think one, one of the road trips. You're like you were dressed up. You had the Hello Kitty shirt on. You're doing push-ups. You're like, I'm training. Oh, I just got a new 90 pound hoy. I'm training for elk season next, next season. year. <laughs> but I mean, growing up, I I think I I passed through deer at at 50 pounds with the old Easton aluminum arrow. So oh, it, yeah. it just shows you that you don't need you know 80 pounds to pass through, and it's not for sure. For sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, it doesn't hurt. If you can do it, hey, that's great. But yep. you don't need it. That's right, because you're a free American. Yeah, you don't need this, but you're a free American. <laughs> you, you want it. Want. You, you want do whatever it. you want. Who needs a 30-round magazine? Uh, I do, because I'm an American. That's why. Yeah, that's right. You can have what you want. You exactly. can have what you want. Um, hey, Nick, real quick, we're getting to the end of our leg here. Um, we're oh, going to hit what we're going to hit you with this, uh, rapid fire question segment. This is a new thing we're doing. It's you're our guinea pig. Like we said, so. it's pretty much non hunting related. It's simple questions. It's just one answer questions. We'll just bust through this real quick. If that's cool with you. Hit it. Brisket or pulled pork. Brisket or pulled pork. Yep. Pulled pork cans or bottles. Bottles. Uh, sleeping in or staying up? Uh, Whoa. <laughs> Both? Uh, Quick answer. We need one. You know, it just depends on the time of year. Wrong <laughs> <laughs> answer. That's a wash. Your go staying up. Staying up. Your, right. your go-to fast food joint. Uh, I quit, but it's uh, windy. <laughs> Wendy's. Wendy's. Wendy's, all right, my man. Fu Manchu or Soul Patch? Oh, Soul Patch. Aunt, wrong answer. Blonde or I've brunette? Had this, I've had this one for 15 years. Go ahead. <laughs> Blonde or brunette? You guys ask the toughest questions. Well, I'll go blonde for now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> for now. Correct answer. <laughs> Correct answer. <laughs> hey, let me think no. of what Kurt's girlfriend was. Yeah. She was a brunette, by the way. What's your current girlfriend? Blonde. Blonde. blonde, and hopefully for the rest of my life. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. Are we hearing wedding bells? Favorite oh. hip-hop artist? Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Snoop, Snoop Dogg and Dogg in the dog pound. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, yes. yes, I was hoping that was going to happen on this Snoop podcast. Track suits or a, oh, go ahead. I'm go. a Snoop. I'm a Snoop Dogg fan all the way, man. All okay, right, you have you have the album Doggy Style, correct? All right, oh, yeah. yeah. Track suits man. or gym shorts? Say it again one more time. I couldn't hear you. Track suits or gym shorts? Gym shorts. Oh, I Ooh, thought yeah. I, was, I thought it was going to be opposite. I thought it was a D to track suit is what you're going to go with. Oh, that's. That's for church and stuff. Oh, <laughs> that's, that, that's your nice attire. Yeah, what kind attire. of church are you going the to? The classy stuff. This guy must be Roman Catholic and Italian if he's going to church in the tracksuit. <laughs> hey, Vinny. Vinny, you getting the Eucharist today? No, I, I sinned bad. Uh, Marla came through. All right, never mind. I don't know where that was going. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, they- dude, you know what? We, we laugh because you had that. It was what you were doing for Real Tree, and you're wearing this, with the spinning sign. You're wearing this sour green apple tracksuit, and you're just throwing this sign time. around. Yeah, what sweet, city, huh? What city I, was that in? I was in uh, Columbus, Georgia. That was awesome. <laughs> They've I, never seen anything like that. No, they? I'm sure they have. People have seen the Real <laughs> oh, Tree, and they're like, me. "I'm on board with this." Yeah, I, I was banned from the city. <laughs> they That'd be kind of cool. They, they kicked you out. 
Uh, that was great. That turned out good, I thought. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Going down hilarious. the slide. <laughs> I, we watched it, and I, I remember I was laughing. I was like, dude, there's no way that this is happening. And Kurt brought up the question. He's like, what do you think those people were thinking if they look over and see somebody breakdancing and the sign, sign they're holding is a real tree? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and not just somebody, some a, 40, that, yeah. a 40-year-old somebody. <laughs> hey, you got the moves as like a 20-year-old. I got I to gotta say that. You got better moves uh, than I do. Yeah, I'm 25 years old. You move twice as good as I do. <laughs> I just want to say, oh, Nick. My mom, my mom was a good dancer. That's not saying a whole lot. Nick, you are a good dancer, but I'm saying moving a lot better than Steve does. is I can... I can roll faster than Steve can walk anywhere. <laughs> I just want to say that. <laughs> Nick, I have fit I have fit two hundred and sixty eight pounds into five foot seven inches. Wow. Wow. <laughs> He's going, geez. Oh my He's trying to think about Hey, that. we hit him with that forty yard dash stuff all the time. I just want to say so that. You, so you uh, you take a lot of butter when you get in an airplane? <laughs> we just smear Crispo on his thighs and Crispo. Yeah, no, and somebody go. said that to me. They're like, "Hey, do you take a lot of butter when you get in the airplane?" I go, "I haven't eaten yet." And they go, "No, to get you in." Here we got to butter the door. To get you. <laughs> uh, every time we do a 3D shoot with Steve, we're like on target two. We've walked like 25 yards, and Steve is like winded. <sighs> All right, no, 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 no. I, I, I'm gonna let you know this. I need a bad boy buggy, all right? I just can't walk these trails anymore. I am too old to be walking any anywhere. That's just I'm just too saying. Old. Too old, too fat. <laughs> and not too fat. I'm just fat enough. Just too old. Fat enough. Are you the one are you the one that came up with the fast food question? Uh, no, it was, it was actually the skinnier one, me. Yeah, <laughs> I just figured because you were on the road, man, you had to at least ah, I'm hungry, I gotta stop, get some filler. Yeah, believe me, I don't need any recommendations. I, I've got this covered. And I've had, <laughs> I've had it covered since the dollar menu became popular. <laughs> All right, well, we're getting to the end of it here. So, Nick, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It really means a lot to us. We're all big fans of you. Um, keep doing what you're doing. You're doing a great job. Awesome well, I really, I really appreciate it, man. I, I just uh... – Really feel lucky to get to do what I do, and and um, I'm flattered that you guys wanted me to be on your podcast. So thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Really appreciate your time. I'm sure our listeners are really going to enjoy this one. This is one of my favorite podcasts, and it went by really, really fast. It which, went by too fast. So maybe one day we can circle back around with you next year and do a part two or something. So we can only hope. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. And, and uh, if anybody's out there listening, um, you can check out my Facebook page, my Nick Munt page. You can like it if you like. And uh, you can check me out at Twitter, at Nick's Big Game, and on Instagram, at, at Nick's Big Game. So I really appreciate it, you guys. I had a good time. It went really fast. Thank you. Well, good. Yeah, well, we we had a lot of fun. So at we, least one of our guests had a good time on our show. I know. At they least. actually admitted it. Most of them were like, geez, is it over yet? Is it Just over, yeah. the, the bare minimum we get, <laughs> and we are super stoked. <laughs> so... <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, oh, go ahead, Steve. It just, I, I just, uh, again, for our listeners that hung in there or tried to fast forward to the end, I don't know why they would. Um, <laughs> get out there and pick up that new Monster Bucks DVD, Volume One and Two. Nick's on Volume Two. Go and get that one. Yeah, you, know, you just get Volume Two. That's all you need to worry about because <laughs> yeah. Nick's on here, and it all matters we'll, right now. We'll talk when when every other guest who's been on there is. You know, go check that out. Check him out on Twitter. Go to uh, BoneCollector.com. Buy as much merch as he can. Uh, maybe he'll get a cabin here in Sherrard. We don't know. <laughs> Anything can happen. <laughs> Anything can happen. Uh, but, yeah, it, it, it's been a blast talking to you. Um, we are super happy to have Derek. Now, we we wanted to – I I wanted to bring this up. <laughs> this is Steve dragging I'm this sorry, episode I'm sorry, way no, out. I'm not trying to drag it on. I, I did want to bring this up. Uh, Nick Munt, Sasquatch, real or fake? sake Derek is obsessed with Sasquatch apparently did you see Sasquatch last night is that what happened no no uh my dog was going crazy at 12 30 in the morning and my wife ran out to check it and she said she heard some whistling or howling from the woods so 
I mean, it could have been coyotes. Uh, she don't know the difference. So. <laughs> Dude, there's no way. It was way. definitely I just Sasquatch. <laughs> now Nick Munts think we're crazy. I'm a huge believer. Uh, He's just a well, fan I, of ours. Yeah, I guess that about wraps it up then, huh, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is his Special Olympics, all right? We, we, we let him talk to a super famous dude, and then we let him share his Sasquatch story. So, <laughs> I right. think I'm going to end it there. Nick, you got to go check out BFRO.com. Actually, actually uh, one of my old girlfriends, well, anyway, never mind. Uh, no, 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 I got to no. hear this now. Oh, I love that. No, nah, <laughs> never mind. Be, this would be an after-podcast special. I was going to say it looked like she had Sasquatch in a leg lock, but I don't know. Oh, <laughs> watch out now. Yes. <laughs> that's my favorite thing anyone's ever said on yeah, this podcast. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> buddy. All right. Oh, a mythical beast. I think I'm going to end it right there. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Go shoot your bow. You'll listen to us next week, I sure hope. Have a good one. Later. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.